I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For over 15 years, the Cersei Apprenticeship has been equipping teachers to understand the nature and principles of classical education and showing how those principles can be brought back to any classroom or homeschool. The Cersei Institute's Apprenticeship Program is an in-depth, personal teacher development community. With mentorship and community at its core, it's a program for teachers from all walks of life who want to drink deeply from the wisdom of the ages, engage in inspiring conversation with like-minded friends, and push hard towards truth, wisdom, and virtue. The mentor-apprentice relationship and the community that springs out of it is the very heart of the program. Each of the seven groups is kept small so that mentors and apprentices can truly know each other. The mentors guide the apprentices by providing assessment that blesses, accountability that strengthens, and regular discussions that nurture. The environment is welcome and safe. The community develops over shared meals and stories. The pedagogy is founded on Christian classical education forms, and the assessment is for the apprentice to flourish. These are the things that set this teacher training program apart. Do you have questions about how this apprenticeship works? Our head mentors are here to help. Each week this spring, one of them will be available online via Zoom to answer your questions about the program. So whether you have questions about the curriculum, the retreat experience, or the purpose of the program, the Cersei team is here to clarify. Visit searcyinstitute.org slash apprenticeship to check this week's date and time. You're listening to the Cersei Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 60, The Hint of the Century. Today's proverb comes from Cotton Mather. I'll read it twice. Religion begat prosperity, and the daughter devoured the mother. Once more. Religion begat prosperity, and the daughter devoured the mother. How does religion beget 
prosperity. And what is religion? Religion is devotion, piety. Religion is the ceremonial performance of religious duties. And what is prosperity? Well, in the context of the quote, prosperity is not sudden great wealth. Prosperity is just greater wealth. The proverb does not mean that God throws money at people who say their prayers. The proverb doesn't mean that if you are prosperous, you are necessarily religious. It simply means that there is an increase which comes from piety. Now, I can't say how, in any other age, religion begets prosperity, but I could say how it happens in this age. I could say how piety and devotion and attendance to divine duties grants greater wealth here and now. Piety necessitates some sort of ability to manage your time. In this day and age, almost everything can be put off for some other time. An age of convenience must be an age of procrastination as well and an age of laziness. The more driven to convenience we are, the less hurried we are, the less diligent we are. You cannot be obsessed with convenience and diligence at the same time. You can't be obsessed with convenience and discipline at the same time. This is an age where you can have whatever you want and pay for it when it's convenient. If it's ever convenient. In a former age, when someone called on you, you had to receive them if you wanted to talk with them. And then in the age of phone calls, you could take a message and return a call later when it was convenient for you. Of course, then you had to hope it would be convenient for the other person at the same time. Nonetheless, a conversation entailed both people making themselves available to the other person. But there are very few instances anymore which involve communication where both people have to make themselves free and available to one another at the same time. Nearly all our words, all our feelings can be expressed and then others can wait for a convenient time to read them. They can express their thoughts and feelings and we can wait for a convenient time to receive them. Nothing is pressing anymore. Nothing is immediate.
should say rather that there's an illusion that nothing is pressing anymore. There's an illusion that everything can be put on pause without cost, without any sort of ill consequence. And I say it's an illusion because putting everything on hold means that almost nothing ever receives your full attention. Now, here's the thing. Piety, devotion, cannot be put on hold. This is a vexing lesson that we have all come to learn in the last 14 months, especially. You can't put piety on hold. Prayer is meaningful when it is accomplished day by day. You can't skip saying your prayers for two months and then make up for it with a deluge of prayers at the end of two months. Formal liturgical worship can be conducted on Sunday morning at a church and not really anywhere else. Worship resists our attempts to make it convenient. The more convenient you make worship, the more worship is centered around ease, the less seriously people take it. Very few churches which make convenience and comfort a priority have diverse congregations. The church oriented around convenience is almost always mostly young people or mostly old people, which is to say it's really more a circle of friends than a mystical body. Now, as a side note, I find myself having to say this sort of thing more and more often. As a side note, I should add that saying these sorts of things about worship to a classical audience now seems a bit risky to me. Classical Christian education has expanded so rapidly in the last 10 years that at a classical Christian educators conference, you're as likely to hear cold play Jesus praise choruses being sung as you are to hear traditional hymns at a classical Christian education conference. Classical Christian education is quickly making itself quite at home with positive, encouraging K-love sensibilities. In fact, if you say something like, contemporary Christian music is the soundtrack to apostasy, to a classical Christian audience, you're likely to offend a significant number of people in the crowd. The demographic most likely to take you seriously? Teenagers. The adults will call you elitist. The teenagers are still honest enough and they have that edge of cynicism to them 
which they are unembarrassed by, and that cynicism makes them a bit honest. And they see the connection. They see the connection between apostasy and fashionable Christian things. Religion begat prosperity and the daughter devoured the mother. The first time I heard this quote, it was not quoted properly. It had been edited. The first time I heard this quote, it was, Faithfulness begat prosperity, and the daughter devoured the mother. Faithfulness is a far more generic, far less medieval sort of word than religion. Because religion reminds us of candles and incense and days of holy obligation and martyrs and chanting and fasting, alms, monks, and all the rest. Faithfulness is the sort of edit, in fact, which leads prosperity to devour the mother. Religion begot prosperity, but religion's a word with some baggage. Religion is an inflexible word. Faithfulness is more appealing, less particular, less specific, less demanding. Religion is exactly the sort of thing that begets prosperity, though. Religion is inflexible, and it leads its adherents to be a little inflexible, too. And so a little inflexibility goes a long way in the modern age because the spirit of our age demands that everyone bow to what is fashionable immediately. But religion provides real stability. Flexibility easily becomes instability. If you're flexible on everything, nothing lasts in your life. Religion provides stability, and for this reason, people who quit going to church often fall apart. Their careers fall apart. Their marriages fall apart. The person who quits going to church is more likely to lose everything than the man who never went to church in the first place. There are very, very practical benefits of religion. Religion is discipline. And no discipline is pleasant. Religious people have an ability to endure hardship, and that ability often proves a little lucrative, not extremely lucrative. Religion begets prosperity, not Bill Gates-level wealth. Religion begat prosperity, and the daughter devoured the mother. It means that neither religion nor prosperity last all that long in a family line. It's a glum saying, obviously. It's a saying which is as much about religion and money as it is about 
bad parenting. Religion begot prosperity and the daughter devoured the mother is said by someone who is unwilling to blame kids these days for everything. The person who says this and believes it doesn't say kids these days. He says, man, kids parents these days. That's the real problem. Religion begot prosperity, but the religion referenced here is not the sort of religion that takes in the minds of the young for whatever reason. Religion begot prosperity, and this prosperity is newfound, I believe. I believe that the quote describes a new sort of prosperity not the continuation of an old prosperity. There is something about new money beneath the surface of this quote. Why does the daughter devour the mother for the newly prosperous? I think it has something to do with parents too often pointing out the connection between religion and prosperity. Prosperity is best considered an accident of piety. But when too much is made of the connection between piety and prosperity, the daughter will simply seek prosperity as a sign of piety. Prosperity is best treated as an accident of piety, a temporary accident of piety, and not as proof of piety. The connection between religion and prosperity is best considered a natural connection, not a supernatural connection. Because if the connection is supernatural, then prosperity is proof of piety. And as soon as you believe that prosperity is a proof of piety, prosperity can be sought outside of piety. Prosperity devours piety to convert piety into energy into capital. Piety is costly. Time management is costly. Time management's a pain in the neck. And it's an even greater pain to an age obsessed with convenience. I'll go to church later. Such a thing is now possible to say and to not mean it as a joke. A hundred years ago, I'll go to church later was a joke. How can you go to church later? And no one would have taken that sentiment seriously because they would have understood that church, as a euphemism for holiness, is a convergence of time and place. 
But if you take time and place out of church, there's no church left. It's just amusement. Piety is costly, which means the daughter who enjoys prosperity is constantly eyeballing piety and wondering, what can I get for this? What could I trade piety for? How much is piety worth? Let me figure out what the exact dollar value of piety is. Is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way to do church? Is there a more convenient, more efficient, more enjoyable way to do holy things? The daughter prosperity wants to know what resources piety can be converted into. Now, the problem, of course, is that piety is what enables a man to be content with whatever level of prosperity he has. As Boethius says, no man is rich who shakes and groans convinced that he needs more. Which means that as soon as prosperity is divorced from piety, there's never enough. There's never enough prosperity outside of piety. Without piety, we always want more prosperity. There is also the temptation in this exchange to believe that prosperity has a lot to offer piety. And when you believe that, when you believe that prosperity has something to offer piety, you are unwilling to admit what you're doing. You're unwilling to admit that you're just going to gut piety, that you're going to kill the golden goose to get the golden eggs inside of it. And you say instead, well, we can have more piety if we can just have more prosperity. More prosperity will make us pious. And so we lie to ourselves and we convince ourselves that worldly concerns will be transformed, will be metamorphosed into piety because our desire for prosperity is pure. However, prosperity always begins by devouring piety. And I should say, prosperity which is not received right. Prosperity which is treated as some kind of sign or symbol of divine favor is never received properly. It, because it's one thing to thank God for what you have. And it's another thing to look at what you have as divine confirmation that you're doing right. And this is a terrible confusion that often besets the hearts of the prosperous. Look at all God has given us. Man, you want 
to immediately acknowledge in that moment that if it all disappeared, it would not necessarily be proof that you were doing something wrong. Consider the story of Job. Anytime anybody enjoys prosperity, go back to the book of Job and learn the relative value of prosperity. So many late antique writers insist on this. They say, if you want to know how much God cares about money, look at the sorts of people he gives a lot of it to. He gives it to the very good and the very wicked as well. It proves nothing. When prosperity loses the plot, when prosperity loses the truth, that it is always only an accident, a natural accident, not a supernatural confirmation, but a natural accident of piety, then prosperity begins by devouring piety. But prosperity always finishes by devouring itself. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.